0: Good morning and thank you so much for the privilege of being back at First Baptist Church, Columbia. I'm very honored to be able to join in your 200th anniversary celebration, first of all representing missionaries both in North America and all over the world whom you support. I'm honored to be a part of the celebration representing my family and then even on a personal note I thought about 200 years. I was baptized in this church 60 years ago in January. So that represents a major part of the 200 years. This morning I invite your attention to the book of Romans. I'm going to read a few verses from Romans chapter 10. We will be reading uh, beginning in verse 11. Uh, Through verse 15 Romans 10 11 through 15 As the scripture says Anyone who trusts in him Will never be put to shame For there is no difference Between Jew and Gentile The same Lord is Lord of all And richly blesses all Who call on him For everyone who calls On the name of the Lord Shall be saved How then can they call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring the good news. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read a story that Jesus told. He told a story about a wedding feast. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And the servants were called, and they were told to go out and invite the guests. They went out, and some that they invited refused to come. Others were indifferent. They were not interested. They had their own things to do and they went off to do them. So then the king said to the servants, we'll go out everywhere and invite anyone and everyone to come to the feast. We see later in the story that there was a man there who wasn't dressed in wedding clothes. He was not prepared and he was sent out. God's invitation is for everyone for all but only those who accept the invitation can participate in the wedding feast it says here in the scripture that we've just read that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved today all over the world we are seeing people accepting the invitation calling on the name of the Lord and being saved It seems that approximately 160,000 people every day hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. It is estimated that every hour in every day, 3,000 people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. We read the stories out of China. It is so amazing. They say that well over 80 million Chinese people in China are followers of Jesus. There are said to be more Christians in China than there are in North America. Yes, in the country of Iraq, a war-torn country. Um, In the last four years, 5,000 new believers, four new churches in Baghdad itself, and then the country of Afghanistan. Before 9-11, there were said to be 17 Muslim background believers in the country of Afghanistan. Today, more than 10,000. The country of Uganda in Africa, in the capital city, there is a church that is uh, will seat approximately 10,000 people. It is full four times every Sunday. In Nepal, in my part of the world, in South Asia, in the early 1980s, there were said to be about 75 Christians. Today, more than 500,000. Yes, God is at work. People are calling on the name of the Lord and they are being saved. I have been privileged to represent you in the country of India for over 35 years. You've just seen in the film that we watched uh, the story of the tsunami, which we know as it affected many places in Asia, it has opened doors for the gospel. And so it was in India as we saw in the film 1,400 churches uh, as a result of the evangelism and and meeting those human needs of people after that disaster. You as Southern Baptists today are supporting 5,500 international missionaries. In 2008, these missionaries, along with their national partners, were able to start over 26,000 new churches. They baptized almost 600,000 people. I have been working in South India in the state of Karnataka. This is a state of 53 million people. Our vision for starting churches and sharing the gospel in this state is that by 2025, there would be a church or worship fellowship within walking distance of every person in that state. I do not know how many churches that is, but I would suppose at least 50,000 churches. In 2008, we saw over 17,000 people choose to follow Christ in our state, and we started 500 new house churches. People are calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. I am a physician, and it has been my primary assignment, to work in the Bangalore Baptist Hospital in South India. We have always seen people coming to faith in the hospital. We have been starting churches for the 36 years of the hospital's existence. But about two and a half years ago, we began to see an increase in the response to our witness in the hospital. Uh, In 2007, there were almost 1,500 people who chose to follow Jesus as they heard about Him in the Bangalore Baptist Hospital. In 2008, that number became 4,600. And that response has been continuing this year as every month anywhere between 250 and 400 people are saved in the Bangalore Baptist Hospital and we're seeing multiplication Uh, there is a people group in the northern part of our state in South India the Kama people there were only a few believers there only five years ago today over 1500 believers and now the multiplication is entirely going on through new believers and lay leaders in those churches that have been started just last week I heard a story from one of my missionary colleagues in uh, South India. He had gone alone, I don't really know why except to pray, uh, out into a village uh, not far north of our city of Bangalore. He was uh, taking pictures, probably sort of as a cover, and uh, walking in this community and a man approached him and called him by name. This is a little disquieting in the environment of India today But uh, he acknowledged the man And they got into conversation The story was this Indian man had heard about Jesus Christ In the Bangalore Baptist Hospital He had been led to faith by a church planner Whom you support through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering He realized in reading the Bible That he was supposed to tell others about Jesus He had had very little training and very little discipling had been done. But he had begun going out to villages all around him, and many had chosen to follow Jesus because of his testimony. And that morning, my missionary colleague was able to sit with him and in two hours provided him with basic training that he could now go out and share with others whom he had led to faith. Since August in the Bangalore Baptist Hospital, we've been having a a time of uh, prayer and renewal. The theme has been repentance and renewal. The entire hospital uh, campus, the staff, the students uh, are participating. There have been special Bible studies, special chapel services. Uh, They have had special prayer days. And we are seeing some things happen among our staff in the hospital. Uh, We are seeing employees who were not believers come to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, some of our uh, technical students, lab tech students, were were sitting in the chapel on Sunday morning prior to uh, the Sunday chapel service. Uh, They were three Hindu young men. A chaplain went to them and said, We welcome you. Do you have Bibles? No, they did not, so he went and got Bibles for them. And after the service, the chaplain went back to them and said, Did you understand what you heard this morning? And they said, Yes, we want to know how we can believe in Jesus also. And that very day, we're led to new faith in Christ. Um, As all this is happening, as people are calling on the name of the Lord, and they are being saved, we're also seeing signs and wonders taking place that are truly amazing, Um, story after story of people who pray, and then God works uh, miracles, and that in itself attracts many other people who say, Who is this God to whom you pray? A God of power, but we don't know him. Could you tell us about him? In the midst of all this that is happening, there is intense persecution. In many parts of our world today, our brothers and sisters are facing threat and uh, inability to gather for worship, and India is one of the places in our world where this is the most intense at the moment. My state of Karnataka in South India in 2009 has been the state in which most of the incidents have happened. And uh, pastors are being uh, beaten and even uh, killed. Uh, Worship is being disrupted. Worship places are being destroyed. Bibles are being burned. And they live under this threat. But in the midst of that, the witness only increases as they are firm in their faith and they're bold in their witness and they share Jesus Christ. But there are many people still missing There are many people who haven't even had this invitation to the wedding feast. They've not yet been told about Jesus Christ. We saw again in the video one and a half billion people in our world today who have had no opportunity to hear, no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are probably another two billion who perhaps have had access or some exposure, but they have never heard the gospel in a way that they could understand and make any kind of choice about following Jesus. There are over 6,000 people groups, ethno-linguistic groups in our world who are said to be unreached. That means less than 2% of those people are evangelical believers in Jesus Christ. For some of those people groups, there are no believers, there are no churches, there are no, no Christians who are engaging them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those missing from the wedding feast without invitation so far probably represent at least 700 languages. People are in remote places, in hard-to-reach places, in places where no missionary or Christian has ever gone. They are in places that prohibit uh, the Christian faith and practice of the Christian faith and Christian witness. They are living in Muslim and Hindu cultures where there is hostility to the gospel and there is danger to anyone who would dare to speak in the name of Jesus and hand out this invitation to the wedding feast. They are in places where they do not have their Bible or any kind of literature in their own language. In this state where I've been working in South India Karnataka, I told you that there are 53 million people. 1.9% of them claim Christianity as their uh, religion. Probably half of those have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So many are missing. I was always amazed in in my years of working in the hospital as I would talk to patients and others and would ask them, uh, What do you know about Jesus? And they would say, What is that? And they had never heard the name of Jesus. In the Bangalore Baptist Hospital last year, we treated uh, over 200,000 patients. No patient comes to the hospital alone. You think about family and visitors and neighbors. I'm sure the hospital touches at least 500,000 people a year. Most of those people are lost without Jesus Christ. They're still missing Um, In South Asia, India is the largest country in South Asia. There are seven nations that make up South Asia. Uh, There are one and a half billion people living in South Asia, and it is said to have the most dense lostness of any place in the world. 874 lost people in every square mile. That is compared to uh, China, where they're said to be 350 or so per square mile who are lost. But then we look around us right here in North America 250 million people lost 3 in 4 in North America. Your South Carolina Baptist Convention told me that they estimate lostness in South Carolina to be 77 percent. Many are still missing and they're right here with us. How can they call on him of whom whom they've not believed and how can they believe in someone of whom they've not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can they preach to them unless they are sent. So whose mission is it to deliver the invitations? Jesus has commissioned His church, us, His followers, to go and to make disciples Not just present the gospel, but lead people to faith, and then to disciple them. And so what can you do? How can you help carry out this mission? The very first step, a preliminary step, before carrying out the mission is that the mission be yours. And that requires a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And there may be someone here this morning who is missing and who needs to know Jesus personally. When we think about First Baptist Church Columbia, 200 years of history, this church has been focused through all the years on outreach. I found a sentence in your church covenant of 1870. It says this, We promise to use our influence to forward and promote the interest of the Redeemer's kingdom in the world. Interesting things that in your heritage as a church. The first written record of the women's missionary organizations was in 1889. You began starting churches in 1889 as you started missions here in Columbia and the surrounding area. Most of them ultimately became churches over those years. You think about missionaries that God called out of this congregation, names like J.W. Richardson and Charles Coward, and we could name so many that God called. You've been involved through all of these many, many years in supporting various mission causes right here in your state of South Carolina. Since 2001, you have taken upon yourselves the task of of starting churches right here. You've started five churches in these last eight years, and two of those congregations are ethnic congregations. Yes, your own mission, but yet so much of the task is not finished. What about today? It's great to talk about 200 years, but this is the time now to move forward for the future. It is our mission to tell people who are lost without Jesus Christ about him and to make disciples. And how can you participate? First of all, you participate as you pray. I challenge you to pray for people who are missing, who are lost. It may be that this church would have a, a specific people group that you would adopt for prayer. You can easily get information. You can research on the Internet. You can know specific prayer needs and pray for those people. Jesus instructed us to pray for more laborers, that God would call out from among us people to go very specifically and issue these invitations. You know, the career missionary force from North America has reduced by more than half. In the last 20 years, Um, in the 80s, there were probably 69,000 missionaries of various types from North America. Today, 35,000. But as that has been happening, God has been mobilizing many Christians uh, in even the third world who are now reaching out to other places as missionaries, taking the invitation to the wedding feast. We need to pray that God would call out more laborers from amongst us and from amongst our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world. We need to pray for those that receive the invitation as they hear the good news. We need to pray that they would call on the name of the Lord, that they would receive the invitation, not indifferently, not in a negative way, but that they would accept the invitation. Pray that barriers to the gospel would come down. You know, um, religious barriers, political, uh, language, harsh conditions, so many things that, that inhibit our issuing the invitation. The second thing that you can do in carrying out this mission is to give. Your church gives to missions every week through the cooperative program. This is essential. This is how we as Southern Baptists have done this since 1925, all of our churches together, and together we can do so much more than we could individually. But also, especially for international missions, we support the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. You've already heard this morning, all of that goes to your missionaries, a hundred percent. It makes up more than half of the budget of the Southern Baptist International Mission Board. I need to make you aware this morning that because our giving in 2008 was significantly less than projected, We have had to suspend many missionary appointments. God is calling out more missionaries from our churches than ever, but they cannot go because we do not have money to send them. Our missionary force of 5,500 all over the world will be down to 5,000 in the next three or four months. That is intentional and it is a goal because we do not have money to support them. Ministry budgets all over the world have been slashed because of lack of funds. Our goal for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering in the Southern Baptist Convention this year is $175 million. Your church has a very lofty goal of $200,000. I challenge you to give sacrificially, to give even beyond this, We've seen the children demonstrate giving this morning, and we, we just would challenge you to give as you have never given before. In Sunday school this morning, a lady came to me and said she had already doubled her Lottie Moon gift over last year. This is what we need to do. The third way in which you participate in the mission is by going. There are opportunities right here at home. You may say, well, I cannot go anywhere physically or financially. You can go in your neighborhood. If you're not even able to do that, you can invite people into your homes. There are thousands of internationals living here in your city. I uh, was researching that and it seems that you have internationals from more than 70 countries living in Columbia. At the university, as you would expect, many international students. There are over a thousand international students from over 100 countries. What an opportunity. These people, most of them are missing from God's kingdom. And to issue them an invitation uh, is, is such a great need. You have neighbors with whom you can share Jesus Christ. The South Carolina Baptist Convention has a program in 2010 that's called A Witness to the World. It is focused here in South Carolina, in North America, and all over the world. Here in your state, they're talking about partnerships with schools, and also multi-housing communities. In North America, they anticipate church planting missions to Atlanta, into the state of Ohio, and into Canada in Nova Scotia. And then internationally, they have four targets for 2010. North Africa, India, Peru, and London. You are planning a mission trip, I believe, to Peru in July. So God has many opportunities for short-term mission involvement. And there would be young people in your congregation whom God would call into international service, career missions. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to say yes? I would like to read now from Revelation uh, chapter 19. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, And like loud peals of thunder Shouting hallelujah For our Lord God almighty reigns Let us rejoice and be glad And give him the glory For the wedding of the lamb has come And his bride has made herself ready Fine linen bright and clean Was given her to wear Fine linen stands for the righteous acts Of the saints Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Billions are still missing. Many have never even received an invitation. It is our mission to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ and eternal life.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Naylor. You know, to be candid with you, there's lots of times when I become somewhat discouraged about what is going on in the world and what is not going on in the world. And then I am reminded as to how the Lord is active sometimes in places and in ways that I have not anticipated or thought of. He uses tragedy sometimes, as we saw in the video with the tsunami, and yet the Lord used that. He uses medical healing, as we heard from Dr. Naylor at the hospital, where so many are coming to know Christ. He uses miracles. I was speaking with another missionary this past week about the visions that uh, are happening in the Middle East, where people who have not heard of the Lord, they really don't know of Him, and yet they are sharing a common vision, that God put a vision in their heart, and they want to know about Jesus. And many of them are coming to Christ. And then I believe that God also uses a worship service in Columbia, South Carolina, to speak to hearts. And perhaps today He has spoken to your heart that you have, you're one of the missing. You have never come to Christ, and today you would like to. Then we want to give an invitation to encourage you to come to Christ. And there are some of you who perhaps are saying, you know, God is calling me. What a wonderful time to serve the Lord. And if God is calling you, it is so exciting to say yes to Him and to walk with Him. And I pray that you might. And then others, The Lord is speaking to you about becoming a part of this family of faith, and we welcome you to it. So I'll ask that you stand with me, please, and as we stand together, we will pray, and then the choir will sing, and the invitation will be extended to you to respond to the Lord. Gracious Father, thank you for the reminder today. Thank you that your invitation is open today, that people might come to Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen.